Yeah, I don't know. I guess we could just do like a, a cold start. Hey, it's uh, episode 179 of the Metafilter podcast. Welcome to you from me, Josh Cortex Millard. And uh, welcome to you from me, Jessamine. That was weird phrasing. We Th- should thank- not cold yeah, start. Yeah, Th- thanks for running with my bullshit there. Um, <laughs> I didn't know it was going to happen. Maybe this is take seven. Who knows? Um, yes, this is here. We are. It is. Uh, it is the end of November. It is the podcast, and uh, we're doing this thing again, where we talk to each other about Metafilter and stuff. Right. Right. So, yeah. It's so, not yeah. even like late in the month, and it's not even. Uh, it's not even the next month yet. Yeah. Which this is reminds the- me, maybe I'm going to be smart, and for the first time in probably 18 months, maybe flip my calendar on the exact day the calendar is supposed to be flipped. Have you been doing like ahead of time or no behind the no? Time? I've been oh, months okay. behind sometimes, wow. and it's always yeah. got like seasonal birds on it, you know. So I'm just like, oh shit! Like I'm still looking at the <laughs> spring bird, and it's like safely autumn now, uh, and it's just you know, it's it's just in, an indicator of the weird times we found ourselves in. But I'm really trying. I feel like it's a sign of kind of mental or emotional health. Combined with, you know, just the health of the world around me that I can stay on top of it. So, uh, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a funny thing. Like, I never really used paper calendars very well. And I use digital calendars slightly wet, better. But, like, I feel like one of the weird experiences of having sort of grown up before that was a thing. And now, like, Google Calendar is, like, much more sensibly the thing. Or, like, sure, outlook sure. shit for people to use that. Is like, you know, I can see what's wrong with both of them. I don't have a solution. Yeah. But, like, I think they both don't do a good enough job what i what i really want is just like a perfect internal calendar and and that's definitely you mean in your mind yeah in my brain i want my brain to work um, yeah. but short of that like it's okay let's use external tools and well, uh, mine works pretty well and it's a little weird because of course as you get older it works a little less well and that's normal and yet it does mean you have to kind of patch it up with other ways of you know, I set more reminders now than I did yeah. like 10 years ago. And the one thing I used to have like a year of a wall calendar that was one big year, right? Because when I used to travel a lot, uh, I would want to know that maybe I had something coming up at the beginning of next month or something. Sure, yeah. And iCal didn't used to do that. You'd have to click to the next month to see the next month. But if you're traveling on the first, that can make the 30th a little, what? Oh, shit. <laughs> um but like for the, I think last year maybe was the first year I didn't buy one of those calendars because I've pretty much switched to the digital calendar. But and and iCal the Macintosh calendar program I guess it's called Calendar now um, changed so that it's now just a continuous scroll. You know, like so instead of clicking to December, I scroll to December and it's actually at the bottom of the November calendar. But what it does is it has the month headings kind of move fluidly up and down. And as a result, sometimes I'm not sure if I'm looking at like December 6th or November 6th, Uh, like I'm scrolling, you know, six months ahead or behind. And it's just it's a my brain thing, but it's definitely like. Man, when I had just a piece of paper on the wall, this was handled. (laughs) (laughs) You know what month it is. You know what month you're looking at spatially. Yeah. And I swear to God, I wouldn't know what day it was if I didn't have like a daily pill container. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which again, fine. But it seems like a slightly sad reason for that, but also kind of a happy reason because like it means I don't have some dumb job that I don't like that's, you know, outlining (laughs) 
outlining my days. It, it is an interesting thing. Like I, I can keep track of the days of the week because, you know, I have a shift schedule on Metafilter. Um, right. Not and, a dumb job at all. Sorry. I didn't mean to be. No, 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 no. But like, no, no, but, but no, the concept like, like is, is right there. It's like, I have, I have a job and that keeps me like, and I, it's a job with a weekly schedule. So that keeps right. me moored in the way that, um, I think if it was sort of just like if we were still doing it, the old always on sort of thing, not so helpful. Like I remember not really having a sense of the day of the week back in 2009, uh, a lot of the time, uh, yeah. uh, because we were just all, uh, uh, I want to say free ball, and that's not even the right. Absolutely <laughs> not the right term. No. But anyway. Um, well, and then I found out Matt took weekends off, and then that's when it all changed. <laughs> that's when it all started to change. <laughs> but yeah, like, like you know, my you know, Jim has weekends, like real weekends. Yeah. And so a lot of my schedule gets a little framed by his schedule. Because yeah. Monday is a work day for him, whereas it's not for me. I mean, it is kind of like I do shit, but like it, I do shit on Sundays too. Yeah. In fact, well, this morning, it, yeah. my work today was waking up and there was like a message and texts on my phone. And I was like, what the fuck? What? What? And it was like some lovely random person who I've worked with in the past whose computer got hacked or more likely malware. And he was going to be in my town like in an hour. And was I around? <laughs> And, you know, normally I'd just be like, uh, but like, you know, malware is probably simple for me, tough for him. And literally all he wanted to do was drop it off. Like he didn't want to hang out or anything. So, you know, I got into some clothes that looked like not pajamas (laughs) and put on some moisturizer. So I looked like not just woken up and, you know, met him at the door with my mask. And now I have a little Windows 10 machine to fuck around with later today. Yeah. I I like in principle the idea of having sort of like a response driven schedule of like, you know, well, you know, when when I decide something is going to come up then then, you know, but like there is a certain amount of stress involved with that I think when it's combines with a fixed schedule oh and also gosh. like when it's my schedule and Angela's schedule like like Angela has uh, a steady like weekly schedule too and like our schedules are slightly different but we've managed to overlap them are so her days regular at her job. Yeah, yeah. No, she's working like uh, Tuesday through Saturday, basically. So she's got Sunday, Monday off, and I do too. Uh, nice. And that works out really nice. So we managed to line those up. Um, but yeah, it's like it's. I like the respond, like like just sort of responding to things as they come up, and the spontaneity in in principle, but in practice, like that collides with like a schedule in a way that's trickier sometimes. Yeah, I've got a bunch of like, you know, civic group meetings, which are often kind of in the evenings, which is fine, except when I also have like a talk to prepare for the next day or a writing deadline or whatever the thing is. And like, you know, there are a few like people and things in my life that will take priority over work, but not most of them. And so then I'm like, my writing deadline is usually not a big deal unless I've got some stupid two and a half hour meeting to figure out if somebody needs to pay their water bill or not. Um, which is, you know, good work and I'm happy to do it, but I'm a lot more grumbly about it if I have <laughs> another thing that pays money to do, kind of, yep. also. Let's see. Uh, so we're, we're, we're on, it's been a shorter span again because we're getting closer. Well, we've successfully gotten to, like, not, 
We've gotten successfully to before this, the Josh? end of the month. Boy, that's oh, a... That, yeah, yes. I was delighted to hear from you instead of like, Josh, are you aware of the passing of time? <laughs> it's it's now the, the new month and I haven't oh, heard from you. Podcast? Yes, no. I Hope everything's I've had a, okay. Uh, I've had a, uh, a a slightly more shit together than usual a uh, couple of days in terms Congratulations. of Congratulations. Like, so have I, things. actually. So great. Uh, I expect when, great things from us. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna fucking knock it out of the park. Is what we're gonna do. Um, yeah, see, knock it out of the park. That's a lot better than like free balling. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> I did see it. Like I saw a Tom Petty reference earlier, and it was free falling. So maybe that was just like jumping around my head and trying to find a way out. Um, yeah, should we talk about Metafilter? I don't know. Metafilter? Is that yeah, a thing? Yeah, I've been yeah. enjoying Metafilter. I enjoyed Metafilter a little bit this morning, even. And uh, this month, I've been paying more attention, I think, than usual, because I've made some posts, and Jim's made some posts, and uh, I'll talk about those, as well as some posts yeah. that other people it, made. It helps. This is this is a thing, I will say, confidential to our listeners, if you are someone <laughs> who posts on Metafilter sometimes, and sometimes you don't get around to posting on Metafilter, just make a post on Metafilter every once in a while, like, just some little thing you liked, and it turns out that, like, oh, yeah, then you go read that thread, and you, you like it, and yeah, these are these, 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 these secret tips from a, from a pro- person who is on the web that uh, engagement often involves engagement this is tautologies 101 with cortex engagement equals engagement well yeah, yeah. and yeah. sometimes what happens to me is you know i a lot of times what happens to me is you know i'm reading something or i'm somewhere else on the internet like uh, I saw some post on malt chop about somebody or maybe i made this post oh for fuck's sake jessamine um on Malt Chop, there was a thing about a person who had a uh, medicine cabinet full of fake money. Did you, <laughs> yes. did you see this? I did and see it, that. And it's like a way for them to prank like potential. Yeah, they're like, they're like a props manager. Um, yeah, they so have. they've just put $500,000 in fake money in the medicine cabinet just to fuck with Tinder dates. And so that was funny, but then ArchD was like, oh my God, there's a really interesting story about the <coughs> history of, of, of what the laws are governing fake money in the United yeah. States. It's weirder than you might think. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, what a weird story. I'm going to take it to Metafilter. And then I took it to Metafilter and the double post thing was like, somebody already posted about this in 2014. And I was like, eh, that's kind of recent. So I passed on it. Ah, <laughs> uh, You should have gone for it. That's but seven years. But then I was on the front page and I was like, oh, since I'm here, I'm going to start reading some stuff and had a delightful time. See, I learned that story. I learned about some of that weirdness uh, from probably that Metafilter post because that feels about the right amount of time that it feels like it's been. Um, which, yeah, I, I had no idea. And well, you should you should toss it in, like, you know, toss it in the the. Toss, toss the Metafilter post in? Yeah, yeah. We'll, Great. Yeah, I will. Um, was it because, for 2014? Like, yeah. yeah, it was it actually. Be, yeah. Oh, that's nice because I just make some of this stuff up because I figured nobody's going to yeah. check. But like it was actually last year or something. But yes. yeah, no, the fraught business of making fake money for movies and TV. A crisis, Tom. Chris. Chris Austin. Thank you. Yes. Uh, their post. And very interesting. And the thread was really kind of fun. Yeah. No, I, I remember being like, I, I had no idea about it at the time. Like, uh, if you're listening, go go read the post. It's interesting. But uh, the short version is basically for anti-counterfeiting reasons in particular. There's a great deal of regulation on stuff that looks a lot like money but isn't because that is also known as counterfeit money. And so owning or moving or distributing uh, fake cash is uh, really, really tricky if you don't want to accidentally go up on federal charges. 
Yeah, and they talk in the the article that's linked here about, you know, before stuff was regulated, here's ways stuff went poorly with fake money, here's ways stuff went poorly with real money, and, you know, the different the different ways people yeah. have tried to manage that uh, yeah. that topic. Like, and yeah. it's it's so interesting because a lot of the sort of counterfeity stuff isn't people trying to pass a twenty at the local supermarket. It's somebody taking, you know, a stack of twenties to a different country and exchanging it because People know less what an American 20 looks like. I'd be hard-pressed to tell you what an American 20 looks like, like, specifically enough to tell it from another one. You know what I mean? Like, my childhood 20s, I could tell because I'm more familiar with them. But, like, they keep fucking around with the money, and I'm not sure I know what it looks like anymore, especially 100, which I don't see that often. It'd be interesting to see a uh, like web-based sort of quiz on like you know spotting which right one's is really, this a twenty? Um, well, because they were making the, in if the you article, do that without getting getting up on for now, I'm sure they were like nobody would less. nobody would confuse this counterfeit money with real money. It says in dog we trust on it. What the fuck? But yeah. like you know, the Secret Service was like, no, can't no, you can't have that against the yep. rules. Very, very interesting. So I guess that's the my opener is this post from 2014 that I wish I'd been making last week. <laughs> I genuinely enjoy those moments, honestly. Uh, like oh, me that too. whole, that whole like like it's you want to have been the person to post it, but also like the fact that it's been posted is like such a validation of your instinct. Ha! Like, oh, okay, yes. well, you know, I was right. I wasn't first. But I was right. Well, and the problem that I'm having right now is that I'm reading an absolutely fascinating book. It's have you read any of Mary Roach's books? She wrote like, the Stiff name, and Bonk and a whole bunch of like single word titles about okay. getting interested in topics. Stiff is all about the curious life of human cadavers. Bonk is about sex researchers, sex and sex researchers. And I'm reading one called Fuzz. Do you want to guess? Um, is it about uh, the history of policing? Kind of. It's a double meaning. You want to... Is it about the history of police who are also furries? Close. (laughs) It's the history of wildlife management police. So like the cops in Aspen who have to spend all of their time. It's not cops. It's like a different brand of uh, enforcement people. But they have to keep people you know, on top of dealing with their trash to keep the bears out of Aspen. Like, because if you don't lock your trash, the bear's going to get into your trash. But it's, you know, it's one of those public health issues, right? It's very difficult, as we have learned, to get people to do the right thing for community health reasons, you know? And so basically, I'm learning a whole bunch of neat things. One was about this, like, moose wildlife research thing up in Alaska and so I've been reading about it in the book and I'm like that's really interesting I should make a meta filter post but like none of the stuff in the book has a good link on the internet you know and <laughs> I'm waiting to find somebody that's got a good web presence like she goes to this like wildlife attack seminar for these wildlife management people like how do you deal with like looking at a like crime, maybe crime scene, and how do you figure out if somebody was attacked by a wolf or attacked by a human trying to make it look like a wolf? Yeah. And like fascinating, right? I want to I want to know more about those classes, but they have the world's worst website. There's no information on it. She makes them sound cool, but they're just not on the internet. So I'm waiting. 
I'm waiting. Yeah. <laughs> the book's great. Fuzz. Fuzz. I think Angela's read at least one of hers, but uh, yeah, I don't think I have read any. any yeah, any and I yet. really like her writing. She's a little jokey jokey, which made like the stiff book a little weird of a read, you know, because, you know, she's like joking about these dead people. And it's funny because sure. like, I, I'm not against that, but it just, it didn't sit right with me in a way that, I don't know, it was just hard to get around. But with this, which is just like, you know, bears in the trash, leopard attacks, blah, blah, blah. It's a little easier to... yeah. I feel like, like like tone in pop nonfiction is always sort of a weird thing because you yeah. do want to have something that's not incredibly dry, but how you manage to make it not dry is also a real like Malcolm of, Gladwell, sort of taste. that smug fuck. <laughs> but like he's an example, right? Like I think one of the reasons people either react well to him or not well to him is because he has a very particular tone in his books. Yeah. Um, I'm on the not well side in case that wasn't clear. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's do a quick jobs roundup. Okay. Uh, Uh, I put a job up. You did. You put a job up. I put a job up. I got a response to the job on Thursday of all things, which was uh, American Thanksgiving. And then I followed up and then I haven't gotten a follow up to my follow up. But I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, my job was just somebody who could make a grease monkey script uh, because I have to do this fiddly thing for the volunteer work I do at the Internet Archive. Somebody sends me a URL. I need to trim that URL, change one part of that URL, and that takes me to a hidden download page where I can download the item that I can make available for print disabled users. Pardon me. And I'm doing it a lot more now. And you know how nerds are. Yep. I, I, I want it to be two seconds faster but i don't have the capability to write that script myself yeah. but uh i do have somebody who maybe is going to help me with that nice yeah no, straight straightforward optimizations to uh repeating tasks are a good thing because they feel good like it's not even just like it's not the two seconds it's the two seconds and the knowledge of the two seconds right like, like i have smart keywords all over my browser so that i can t- search wikipedia just by typing wk blah and yeah. uh it feels good every time i do it um there's also a uh job from arnese uh basically looking for someone to uh go be their eyes on the ground uh at a store in portland um how is that not full already I don't know. It, it, it might it might be. Like, oh, knows? fuck. I love um, those restores. I yeah, love yeah. them. Yeah, basically go to restore and look for a few specific items, um, which I should go there again sometime because, uh, yes, there's always such a weird variety of stuff. Um, if ne- ne- Next time I'm sitting around feeling like really, really art rut, I should just go to restore because like walking around and getting like weird ideas for collage yeah, 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 yeah. Stuff. It's like it's so I get books that. there and they have a lot of like weird – around here anyhow – weird dead stock like craft supplies and sometimes like home furnishing stuff like new in a package but the package is 50 years old you know and sometimes it's exactly the weird shit you need for your 100 year old apartment you know yeah the the perfect drain stopper or whatever the thing is yeah that's an interesting job um and then jchan has three different uh software related uh Posts up. I was surprised uh, that was not Jesse Chan, but it's actually Jason Chan, I think. I did not look. Uh, Jesse Chan uh, is, you know, older, you know, blogger, internet user guy 
who worked at Bitly for a long time. I'm not sure where he's at right now. Yeah. But, you know, friends of friends. And I was like, oh, my God, is that him? No, it is not. Anyway, there's three different levels of uh, sort of or, or roles of software design. They It sounds like it's remote uh, Canada-based. And, hey, check it oh, out. Oh, nice. Um, wow, I bet working in Canada is great. Oh, there's that chunky – there's a really fat nut hatch that comes around here. <laughs> Do we have a name for that yet? Has it come up on the podcast? The Chunky before? Nut Hatch? Yeah. No, because Chunky Nut Hatch is new, but there's like two, and one of them's really fat, and the other one's normal size. Like, it's so weird it's, to be able to tell birds apart because so normally it's plural. they just. So it's, it, it's not just this nut hatch, it's these nut hatches. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll give it to you. Yeah, okay. Yes. But yeah, working, working in Canada, <laughs> these jobs pay well, and. Uh, I don't know. It seems kind of interesting. So, yeah. Good. And I think that's all the jobs, right? I think so, yes. I hope Shade and Tance got their document dropped off uh, from last month. Yeah. I'm I'm always just kind of curious. Oh, and projects, which, you know, as I spend more time on Metafilter.com, I spend less time on projects.metafilter.com, and I should! (laughs) It goes back and forth. You know, you end up in different places. Um... Yes, projects. There are some projects. Uh, one of which is uh, Waxy, uh, Wax Pancake, Andy Bayo, uh, has launched Skittish, which is this thing he's been working on for the last... Oh, well, forever, know, right? This yeah. is the thing? Yes. Um, and it's... Uh, well, I mean, it depends on how long forever he's worked on several, several things. But this is the, the recent thing he's been working on for a while, which is a weird little virtual space um, that is kind of delightful and it's browser based and it's, it's neat. There's a demo. You can play with it. I, I kind of like the idea of doing some sort of like meta filter get together on skittish. I just haven't like figured out what to do yet, but it could be like, you guys a cool need a community engagement person. Maybe, maybe. Um, but anyway, it's neat is the actual title here. Uh, cause I think that neat. would be cool and I would attend. I think that yeah. would be nifty. Maybe we'll do it for sort of a holiday thing. Oh, that's a great idea. I love it. Um, so yeah, that is very cool and very exciting. It's, it's like, yeah, it's neat. Um, so yes, that is a thing. Uh, Ignignacht has, uh, the Bible with added swearing. <laughs> I did not see this yet. <laughs> so National Novel Generation Month. Oh yeah, Nano Genmo. Yeah, with the, uh, personalized Bible and it's, uh, you know, seven and a half megabytes of... Uh, profanity-laced goddamn Project Gutenberg goddamn edition of the fucking King James motherfucking Bible. The motherfucking table of goddamn <laughs> contents. So I think what is happening is they're using, you know, AI to determine, like, where you can put swears, which are actually, you know, determined by certain things. You can't just yeah. put a swear anywhere. Yeah, there's, there's, there's grammatic uh, limitations on that. Um, for what will sound correct. Yeah, but it basically takes the Bible, which is, you know, public domain, and uh, fucks it right up! So, uh, cool. Hey, chickadee, titmouse. Well, that is gonna, delightful. You know, do the, as as we go, bird recital. Because yes. they didn't yes. show up. They this is they just started showing up. They've been gone you all need, day. You need to make a soundboard with, like, a, a little, like, two-second song for each bird, and then oh. just, like, press that, you know, so. That is a good idea. Because people love it when ha- people have novelty soundboards on podcasts. Um, do they? They don't, do they? <laughs> they don't, they don't. Well, I don't know. I Also, I have, uh, speaking of uh, what people love on podcasts, I uh, as you 
probably remember I asked that question about please help me find podcasts and the Metafilter community responded with a great list of podcasts and I was like oh my god thank you I'm going to start listening to this and then on Twitter somebody just recommended some other random podcast not even to me but just to the internet and I was like that's what I want to listen to (laughs) so I haven't yet looked through the wonderful thread of wonderful suggestions because I've been listening to like Kevin Hart's comedy Gold Mines, which I would not have thought I would have liked, but it's him talking about the comedy business with like famous people in comedy. Right now he's interviewing David Letterman. Like, you know, old David Letterman has become a fascinating individual in his later life, which I guess anybody who's seen his Netflix show would know, but I hadn't seen it. So it's been interesting listening to it. And Kevin Hart is an interesting, capable interviewer. So... Mm. Once I've burned through these, I will then go back to the podcast well in my Ask Metafilter thread and start listening again. What if you built an actual well and just like put all the like, 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 like wrote each suggestion down like a little wooden block and toss it down there. And every time you were like time for another podcast, you would go out to the well and lower a bucket and bring it back up. I know up you're kind of kidding, but I'm going to I'm kind of you, kidding, but I'm also kind of not. I I'm going to tell you specifically that one of the biggest parts of cleaning out my mother's house in the last, uh, you know, big project that everybody's probably tired of hearing about was locating the well that nobody knew where it was. <laughs> You know, the actual well where the water comes from. It doesn't have one of those little buckets. It doesn't have one of those. But literally, we had never known where it was. We had to find it. And, you know, that involves people like, you know, doing stuff from the pipes in your house and making some good guesses. And our fear was the well was going to be under the deck, my father belt, which was going to mean taking the deck apart. But in fact, it was about six feet next to it. And, uh, yeah. So now I have one, and I know where it is. You can't really huck stuff down it, though. Yeah. Kind of a problem. Yeah. But I do like that metaphor, and I like that idea in a general sense, just not in a specific sense. It would be such a miserable thing to actually have to accomplish, but, you know, (laughs) as a a sort of figurative thing. Uh, There is a uh, whole flurry uh, of uh, books out from Mephites. Let's see. There's uh, put them in the mall. If you've got a new book, Metafilter people listening to this, all seventeen of you, submit it to the 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 Metafilter mall and uh, get it out there. So yes, Peach has written uh, the Stick Princess, the third book in a series called The Ways of Magic, and you can get that online. You can get that on Kindle. Um, Paul Slade, who we've talked about uh, photography and such posts on projects before, has. a murder ballads book that went out of print and now it's back in print. Uh, So that's, that's a nice accomplishment. Um, uh, Yankee frog has, uh, do we have a Yankee Yankee frog Frog. and a Yankee frog? It's probably just Yankee fog. And I, I parsed it as frog once upon a time forever ago. And then uh, never checked it, but I'll search in a second. Uh, Anyway, mentioned them a lot. Because they were the one that had the help me find this address in Vienna, classic. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I, I think I just, I think I, I just like to literally. Think there's a Yankee frog, though. Yeah, um, yeah. Let me check. I'll, <laughs> let me check and see if there's a lurking Yankee frog. But anyway, Yankee Fog also has a a, a book. So wait, what's uh, their book? I, I linked it. It's uh, Did you? the uh, the Princess Unlimited. 
Oh, um, I thought I got the two. <sighs> oh, yeah, it's two different uh, princess. Two different books. princess so, yeah. books. We're 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 playing on hard mode today. Yeah, definitely um, Yankee Fog. Yeah, there's no Yankee Frog, which would be a good username. Not Yankee. Well, I mean Yankee Frog, be, but there is no Yankee Frog would also be a good new username. So. Ooh, yes. Also, uh, Princess Unlimited comes to uh, with a link to a free activity kit and Peach's book. Uh, Peach got the rights to their previous two books, and so it's a nice uh, trilogy, as if I am understanding correctly. Yes, I believe that is the case. That's cool. Um, so yeah, um, Heather's. The, I, I, I'm wrong. There's four books because Veggie Boy has the How to Sous Vide uh, cookbook. I feel like Veggie Boy comes out with a holiday book every year. I think I I, I, I feel like that too. It feels like I'd a, like to know how to sous vide. I've got yeah. some. Uh, Chickens I've got the book for you. in my freezer. I I think I think you can do that. Oh, and here's what we did. What? Uh, sorry, um, chicken in the corn. Uh, I'm trying to remember even like oh what the context god. I learned this was. Oh my god. Uh, but I'll link it. Whatever. Um, <laughs> my sister, uh, who like we did three person Thanksgiving this year, which was better than zero person thanks or one person Thanksgiving, and then spending the next day in the ER last year for me. Um, <laughs> But, like, my sister just, when she's doing well, which she has been lately, um, really loves to cook. And so she made, like, a crazy, you know, seven or eight different things for Thanksgiving. But uh, she twigged into the fact that, like, you don't actually have to cook your turkey until the internal temperature is, like, 165. You can actually cook it till the internal temperature is, like, one, I don't know. Don't take my word for it. But, like, look it up. We cooked our turkey to a lower internal temperature, and it was actually significantly better than it has been years past because of whatever this uh, witchcraft is that she found out about. You know, if you cook it to this much, but then you let it sit, it'll continue to cook a little bit more, and then that'll be adequate for all of the stuff you need to cook meat for to take place. And uh, yeah, it was a revelation. It was really cool. Nice. Yeah. Did you guys have a good Thanksgiving, by the way? Did you do something? Yeah. Yeah, no, we just had, uh, Angela's mom came over and we uh, had, uh, got a, what has become in, increasingly a tradition because I'm extremely in favor of it, uh, is uh, getting a smoked turkey from a, a meat shop in town called Gardner's. Oh, nice. Um, and it's great because like, you know what, you don't have to fucking figure out how to cook turkey. It's already, you know, Is it cooked. like the whole turkey or is it part it's of the turkey? It's the whole turkey. Like it's like a, you know, oh, we, we, we asked for one of the small there ones. Is yeah, nothing better. I know, right? Yes. I, right? It's, it's so good. So we get that and, you know, it's like a 10, 12 pound bird and it lasts us like we'll have meat for a good long while. And got some sides from a restaurant in town that had closed at one point during the pandemic and then managed to reopen. And oh, great. They're still around and some good pie. And Angela made up some cranberry sauce. And yeah, it was, it was Oh, nice. my sister very- made, uh, she made a cranberry jelly that she was like super into. And um, Sorry, I was going to send you a picture. She actually got to use like one of her vintage Jello molds because, like, my sister maybe has too many things, you know. But she loves them, right? So I don't know if it's a problem or not. I always am a little weirded out by it. But one of the things she has is a whole bunch of classic Jello molds, including one that uh, is she used for the cranberry jelly. And even though she's really the only person who likes cranberry jelly and whatever, it just made her so happy. And I was like, well, more power to you. Like, 
you know, if that's the thing you love, it's the thing you love. Good. Yeah. I'll send you a picture. Mm-hmm. Um, bu- 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 one other project while we're uh, running the, the gamut here. Uh, oh, that's the direct link, not the uh, projects link, which is what I want. It's fun to narrate your linking. Um, <laughs> it's fine. I, uh, it's fine. Uh, uh, Formula Non, a uh, photography project from Laurentium, which is a 10-year-long project of photography in the sort of like the vicinity of, in the outskirts of Formula One racing oh, in neat. places. Uh, Can so you tell me anything about Formula One racing? Basically nothing. It's got it's it's very fast. It's very specialty cars. So it's, it's like not very, stock cars. It's is it yeah. is it like those these, low cars with these, the slick these, tires? The, yeah, these are, these are the goofy, should I click weird this race link? Car looking race cars. Well, you won't, we won't, kind of won't see any of them. That's the interesting thing about the project is it's more pictures of people and infrastructure around. Oh, the fantastic! Of the racing. Um, yeah, no F one cars are like one of the the race car race cars. The ones that like look like nothing except a purpose built track racing. Oh, these weird pictures car. are beautiful. Uh, but yeah, no, they're, they're, they're great photos. And this is like a snippet of the overall photography work he's done in the last 10 years. He talks about it on the project and on the site. But uh, yeah, it's nice. nice oh my gosh, I people. love this. Yeah. I mean, I'm such a sucker for, I don't know, just, just neat abstract photography. So uh, hey, neat. Thank you. And it's a what? Squarespace site? Is that what that little square is? Uh, I didn't even, I didn't notice well i'm always curious like who pays for your hosting like it's just my ongoing question uh neat i wanted to say by the way on on the question of what yankees we do have Mm -hmm. usernames we've got uh, yankee hotel foxtrot i think right um i don't think we have a yankee hotel foxtrot don't we username I, it's not well. Okay, here's here's all the usernames we have yankee Yankee as a substring that i found on a search okay uh Yankee, the old Yankee, Yankee Gooner, damn Yankee, Yankee Fog, Yankee named Dixie, uh, new uh, NY Yankee man, New York. I don't know. Yankee uh, that's Google the 30. New York Yankees. It's they're a baseball yeah. team. Yeah. Well, it's, okay. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, <laughs> Yankees, Swamp Yankee, and uh, let's see the recently uh, not. A member anymore, Yankee King sixty seven hundred. What do you mean uh, recently not a member anymore, Josh? Recently, oh, a couple of years ago actually. Uh, was was that was? That's just someone who got banned for not. Oh, okay. Uh, having their shit together, basically. Um, I was like, is there a story there? Because I don't no, remember. I was, I, I, I was trying to remember whether there was a good story. I was like, no, not really. It's just something oh, banned. I have a weird, funny banning story for you that is like an ongoing thing for me. It has nothing to do with Metafilter. It has to do with. Um, uh, Wikipedia. Do you remember, okay. like, I think it was KVOAF um, V or something? Guy on Metafilter was a little sticky on certain topics and occasionally would, like, chase me around from, like, Metafilter yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Wikipedia. Um, but, like, very active Wikipedian, and I don't remember yeah, yeah, yeah. how active he was on Metafilter, but, like, I've been working on a weird project this month on uh, Wikipedia to to do what's called new page patrolling, meaning when somebody makes a new page, somebody puts human eyeballs on it to make sure it's a it's a good page, and you know you add those citation needed tags or other things, whatever. They're trying sure. to get rid of their backlog, and so I figured I'd help do that. I want to be a journeyman Wikipedia person, but I just found out he's been banned from Wikipedia, and I can't find out so far why. And I'm very curious because getting banned from Wikipedia takes work. 
Yeah, as that opposed does seem to getting impressive. banned from Metafilter, which does I mean, not. Yeah, yeah. He managed to get is, banned from Metafilter, but that's just, you know, the, the bar there is do something banworthy and then it happens. Right. Not be that. awful. Whereas yeah. I think, as many people know, there's tons of awful people that crawl around uh, Wikipedia all day, every day. Um, and he wasn't, to the best of my knowledge, one of those people, but I did notice that he no longer has an account there. So I'm super curious. Yeah, huh. I don't think anybody listening to this is more deep into Wikipedia than I am. But uh, if you are, and you know, I'd be curious. Otherwise, I'm going to have to ask somebody. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Just thought you might uh, like to know. Yeah. No, that's 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 very curious. And also, uh, I think I think mostly I don't care, actually. Well, of course not. It's a good place to be. Um, but like, I, in a trivia sense, it's, that, is, that is an interesting uh, wrinkle on the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, should we talk about Metafilter proper? Shall we visit the blue? Yeah, let's uh, let's visit the blue. Um, there, you know, like every month, there's a whole bunch of really interesting stuff. Uh, I actually made a popular post this month, which was as much of a surprise to me as anyone else. But I've been trying to make an effort, as we were talking earlier, about, uh, you know, if I find something cool on the internet, sharing it with the people of Metafilter, not just the people of Twitter. And so this was something I think I found on Malt Shop was basically a super cut of every guest star in alphabetical order from The Love Boat. (laughs) I saw that going by. I did not actually sit down and watch it, but uh, yeah. It is definitely one of the longer non-political threads I have participated in on Metafilter in years because it's like... Love Boat spanned this time where it would have some classic old Hollywood people in it, you know, Don Amici and that kind of stuff, but also like people from kind of hot current TV shows, plus like, you know, young stars who are still people who are acting today. And it is fascinating, fascinating, really interesting. And it's just ridiculous because it's whatever it is, 45 minutes of just yeah. the opening to Love Boat with the song looping and looping and looping and looping <laughs> and you seeing smiling, 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 smiling people. And um, yeah, it was really great. And, you know, people just enjoyed it for the most part, which I always like if you can do it. Like, there's a lot of great Hanukkah videos. Happy Hanukkah, by the way. Chag Smack. How do you pronounce that word? Uh, I, 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 I think Chag Smack. But I'm also like not a reliable source yeah, on no, neither so. am I. Shouldn't have shouldn't have gone down that road. I remember you giving me uh, giving me guff one time on Twitter several years ago when I rhymed uh, Chaim with rhyme. I think and it was a argument of whether it's uh, Chaim or Chaim. Oh yeah, because I do say yeah. Chaim. Yeah, huh. which is also fine. Well, it's funny. I, I I I I've sort of moved a little bit in that direction. I think mostly out of weird. Uh, peer pressure, maybe. But I like how you uh, can recall historical guff I've given to you on yes. a completely transient platform like Twitter. It's you know, I mean, Twitter's not going to remember it. I've got to hold this stuff in my heart. Oh yeah. man, and you know, there's more and more people on Twitter now who just kind of have a little thing that kind of sweeps up after them, and they delete their tweets after like a year <gasps> or two. Yeah, and there's like old tweets that I, of course, remember, like you know, funny jokes usually, and I go back and try to find them, and they're just not there anymore because you know, it's kind of Twitter hygiene for some people and more right? power to them. Which, and, yeah, like, like it's a valid choice to make, but also it's like, it's, it's, 
for me personally, it's, it feels like such anathema. Like I want, yes. I mean, and that's not news for me. Like I have that sort of weird sort of completist archivist tendency in sure. how I look at stuff, but, uh, but it also, yeah, it's, it's also a completely reasonable decision to make. Yeah. Um, so at any rate, happy Hanukkah, which was yeah, what I was Hanukkah. saying. And, but now I can't remember why I was saying happy. <laughs> there's lots of Hanukkah videos you were saying. Oh yeah. There's lots of Hanukkah videos that are kind of fun. Like there's one by Kosha Dills, who's my new favorite, you know, uh, Jewish rapper, but like, I don't want to get into a fight about Israel right now. You know what I mean? And so that kind of stuff is not the kind of stuff I'm feeling like posting to Metafilter right now, even though it's things I've been enjoying, but stuff like this that kind of just has an everybody can like it and nobody wants to show up. And uh, I learned a new term on Twitter this week, trauma dumping, where like you say something that you enjoy and somebody's like, yeah, must be nice to have a boyfriend. I haven't dated anybody in 20 years kind of thing. And like, you know, it's not what people always do, but there's definitely some people for whom that's their MO. And, you know, if that's your reality, it's your reality. I get it. But it can definitely change the tone in a room or in a thread. Whereas yeah. on Twitter, it's a little easier to kind of bury or just not go down that road. Uh, it's a little more difficult, I think, on Metafilter to ignore the person who's like, yeah, but Israel are a bunch of fucking assholes. And I'm like, well, sure, but this, uh, you know, but the holiday, but this guy isn't a Zionist, but, uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, you know, I mean, that's, uh, like, this is not a thread I'm particularly uh, interested in myself, but, like, I had a comment in, I left a mod note in a thread uh, just the other day. Let me organize my thoughts here. So anyway, okay. there's a, <laughs> I left, I basically left a comment, like sort of saying, Hey, the way we deal on Metafilter with people having critical comments about the context in which something exists and people also wanting to talk about the thing itself, like a media property in this case, like it's a new show, um, is we can just both, we can talk about both. Like it does not need to be a mediation of one and the other by deciding which one people are allowed to talk about. The world's complicated and there's room for two kinds of discussions happening. And I think that's, that feels like, like for the Metafilter model where we have this long flat thread, that is what you can do because yeah, you can't just like look away and not encounter people who are having whatever, you know, it's not as necessarily trauma dumping like in this case i think it's like people being critical about netflix and uh and and the the culture that this show which is based on a video game comes from which is like a really toxic gaming culture is that and also this or is, is that something else uh no this is a show called arcane which is based on uh league of legends i think it is okay. um it's it's yeah yeah it's league of legends is a long-running moba it's a competitive online video game and wait sorry what is moba uh, it's got, it's some, Is I'll M have to multi? look it up. Uh, probably, um, multiplayer online battle arena is what. Oh, it I get it. For. Okay. And it's like the least fucking descriptive, but someone had to come up with a name for it back when they were taking off. So they MOBA is what they're called. Um, God, this is a really long winding way to get around That's saying fine. like, Hey, this is apparently a good show based on a wildly popular video game with a notoriously toxic player base being put up by Netflix, who is a company that has been getting some justifiable criticism for their shittily handling handling of stuff like the Chappelle show and basically not seeming like they're doing a good job of like, you know, not being shitty about trans rights. And- Have they done anything? I mean, I'm aware of the issue. And in fact, I got into a 
not an argument because I refuse to not have to argue about it, but like, you know, with with one of my black friends who was basically like, what's your problem with Dave Chappelle? And I'm like, what's your problem with trans people? And it was a really, you know, because, yeah, I Chappelle's dead to me, you know, for <laughs> for how he decided to handle this. Um, but it's really been weird listening to the Kevin Hart podcast where almost everybody is like, he's a fucking genius. And, you know, and this is post-controversy for the most part, these people saying this. And it's interesting watching that play out just in comedy circles. But also, has Netflix done anything or has it just been people yelling at them, basically? I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't and know don't get me wrong. I think there. those people are right. And I think it's appropriate to tell Netflix, hey, we don't appreciate you giving a platform to this. Yeah. Um, but I, I haven't seen yeah. Netflix do I, I, anything. Except yeah, I don't know what like, the state of corporate response to it is or if it's anything other than like, well, let's move on. Like, I remember there was some very like sort of wishy-washy, mealy-mouth statements right at the time. But like it was nothing worth clapping for. Um, right. But yeah. So you can't like you can't remove that context, but you also like. You can't say, hey, because Netflix is bad, no one can discuss this show or no for one, its own more merits. More to the point, I think it's like no one can watch Netflix. Oh, you like Netflix? Too bad. You know, they suck for this reason, which I get. Yeah. And, you know, different people make different decisions, but that yeah. becomes almost a confrontational conversation. You know, like my yeah, friend I, was I, definitely like, you know, I don't think he should be canceled. And I'm like, mm, I think maybe he should be. But you know, she obviously feels how she feels. She's coming from a different background than me. Don't know, you know. Um, it, I, those conversations are interesting to me, but depending on how you decide to talk about it, it can essentially stop conversation dead because the implication is there's something wrong with you if you enjoy a thing that many other people enjoy, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's and like, navigating navigating that in a way that allows it to not shut things down is very media uh, specific to like, like if you have threading or if you have sort of private right. spinoff rooms right. or whatnot, you know, that's different from like doing it in a sort of public real. Well, and, and having conversational you... acumen specific. Some people I think can, yeah, I mean, <laughs> can th- but, but I mean, some people can thread that needle and are aware of it. Some people don't care to thread that needle, even if they could. And then some people uh, might try and just can't. And, you yeah. know, that's tough. Yeah. Com- no, it know. is. And, and yeah, like to some extent being a good conversationalist in the general sense involves being aware of that too. And being able to sort of model where other people are coming from. But like, you know, there's also the, if we want to get meta meta on it. Like, you know, there's the, the work required to be that mediating presence and whether or not it's an anyone's responsibility to be that mediating presence, which, uh, comes back to the idea that this was a moderator note that someone paid to try and help steer, you know. Was right, the, right, right. Well, and it's emotional labor, it. which it's great if you can get paid to do that work, but it's yeah. harder if you're kind of somebody doing that unpaid work. And I mean, oh my gosh, in the shadow of American Thanksgiving, I'm sure there's a lot of people <laughs> who are thinking about that. Like, I've definitely talked to some of my friends who had mixed interactions with family and you know, figuring out what the role is there when somebody wants to get in your face with their terrible opinions. It's interesting. And uh, I appreciated being vaguely abstract in my life. Uh, I made a post on a wild shift. Um, I made a a mildly appreciated post, which seems just What does wild shift mean? Uh, In, in, I don't know, tone and subject. Uh, Oh, wait, like a shift? Uh, Sorry. Shift? Like a change? 
Oh, uh, okay. I thought it was like I had gears. a wild shift at work and I oh, made this no. post. <laughs> and I was like, tell me more. <laughs> this is like the opposite of having a wild shift. No, this is I, – I was uh, – I found a nice page called Greg's Brass History Page, which uh, is a old school web page Aww. talking about the history of various. I brass love them, um, and it's 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 great. And it's just I was enjoying reading. I was like, you know, what? I should put this on Metafilter, and so I did. Great. And, well, uh, I always think it's good when you know mods make posts because then they get to experience, you know, the 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 wide range of. Responses people can give. Uh, yes, and you know this one seems like, uh, hey, people love people love musical instruments. Yeah, there's not really a lot to to be upset about uh, in the history of brass music, um, as far as I can tell. Like it's all just like. Wait, why is a flugelhorn not a flugelhorn? Uh, so the, what's contemporarily known as a flugelhorn is not what was historically known as a flugelhorn, mm. and it just sort of got changed and mixed up at some point for i don't know confusion and marketing reasons go read the page because it has a bunch of detail on it confusion but yeah and basically marketing reasons yeah My it favorite. sounds like it sounds like there has been so much weird bullshit in the renaming of or misnaming of or selling under a different name of instruments over the course of in particular the 19th century that like half the things we call things are the wrong names if you're being technical about it and apparently that in particular pertains to the flugelhorn the interchangeable usage of the words flugelhorn and bugle oh fascinating it's a great website i love this already it's Neat. nice and cool. it's it's tied to a couple other websites about things like mellow horns and uh yes. well and learning about obscure instruments can sometimes help me do good on internet trivia i got three Aha. points yesterday for and and won the match just because i knew who marcus garvey was and i felt pretty good about that who's that uh marcus garvey is a uh jamaican american who was an american who had a big kind of back to africa movement um trying to get uh you know black people to have uh, sort of rich and robust uh, outlooks and economic abilities and encouraged, he uh, founded the, or was one of the founders of the Black Star Line, which was a sort of African-American um, shipping concern so that, uh, you know, people would have economic opportunities there and then try to encourage people, uh, black people to move to and sort of resettle communities in Africa. He was a not uh, obviously uh not entirely unproblematic, uh, got sent to jail for mail fraud and um, for something that was likely complete bullshit. Like he was a very outspoken um, sort of guy in the political arena. And even recently, uh, his descendants have been trying to get, uh, at last I looked, uh, the Obama administration to, his sentence was commuted or something Something positive happened, but it wasn't completely erased. He wasn't completely pardoned or whatever. So mm -hmm. his family had been looking for a posthumous pardon. But fascinating guy in the black history movement in the sort of the early 1900s. And, uh, you know, I knew all about him, but I guess if you're not sort of a black history aficionado, you might not know about him. And I was very excited about that, similar to knowing when a flugelhorn isn't a flugelhorn or what a euphonium is or whatever this mellow thing is you're talking about. Yeah, mellow horn, I think it's... See, okay, here's the thing. <laughs> Why I ended up here in the first place, uh, and I felt gratified reading through this uh, 
this site because it basically said, oh, yeah, it's there. People call these things and they're inconsistent about it. And there's confusion. It's like, oh, okay, that explains why I was so fucking confused when I was trying to read about them. Because I decided to uh, rent a euphonium. Um, oh, neat. Okay. A week ago, um, which I had been planning. I'd been thinking about trying to learn the French horn, like in a very offhanded way for many years, because I like the sound of a French horn. It's got a nice, that nice, smooth, mellow sound. Uh, but I never did anything about it. Never played any brass before. And I mentioned on Twitter, um, I don't know, a couple months ago, maybe. Um, I think I literally had had a couple beers. I was like, I've had a couple beers and maybe I'm going to fuck around and learn the French horn. Um, and, uh, and Plinth uh, ended up uh, texting me because uh, he's like played brass instruments oh, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. for many years. And uh, we ended up having like a 15 minute long phone call where he sort of talked through different kinds of horns and whatnot. Because part of his take was like, hey, the French horn is not an easy one to start with. Um, And if you like sort of that conical bore instrument sound and want something a little bit more approachable, how about the flugelhorn? And I said, oh, that's a good idea. And we talked about where I might be able to like locate one. And then it's sort of I got distracted for a couple months. Yeah. And then last week I was like, I don't know. Maybe I should find that flugelhorn. Um and then I looked around and no one in town rents a flugelhorn. Like it'd probably be possible to find someone with a flugelhorn who would be willing to rent or loan it to me. It's really like, one of those Facebook things, I think. Um, yeah. Well, I think I think it turns out actually uh, one of my friends and Metafilter friends, Greg Ace, uh, hey! <laughs> has a fucking flugelhorn, which we had previously discussed at some point and I think I forgot about. So uh, if I'd thought to check with him, I could have skipped the whole rental thing. But instead, I decided to rent something and I looked around like, well, what's also kind of like that and fairly accessible? And it turns out the euphonium is a decent choice. It's a it's a lower brass instrument. It's sort of like a small tuba uh, as much as anything in terms of lineage. Um so it's a little bit higher. And uh, I spent the last week trying to figure out how to play that thing. And I'm making some progress. And Fun. It's weird. And yeah, if if I manage to make myself do it, I the, the theme people will already have heard at the beginning of this episode will be an all-euphonium multi-track re-recording <gasps> of the old Metafilter podcast theme. Um, I tried this a couple days ago, and it really sounded like All right, poop. Don't let but, the perfect uh, be the enemy of the good, though. I don't want right. this coming out yeah. December 15th. No, 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 no. I, I'm going to put this fucking thing out, and I think I'm going to try and commit to just like sitting down and recording another version today. Okay. And whatever comes out is what's going to be at the start of the podcast. And uh, I love it. And, uh, and I apologize in advance and retrospect, uh, depending on whether you're recording this podcast or listening to it. Um, but it's fun. I'm liking it. And that, that landed me on Greg's brass history page. And that's the story of that post. Great. I love it. Well, I uh, would like to also mention when Jim makes posts, I mention Jim's posts if I like them. And uh, this one is just a completely bizarre, um, cause like Jim spends a lot of like his wind down in the evening time watching kind of like dumb video stuff, like the same way I like will read dumb books. He will Sure. Watch dumb videos. And so he found this like 1969 McDonald's orientation film, which was actually like 15, 17 minutes. And they hired comedian Pat Paulson. I don't know if you remember him, but he's like I this deadpan, like plays a kind of slightly dundering guy. Um who did this McDonald's training video, which is a real training video. And so you can kind of like laugh at the jokey joke parts of the training video, but also like, oh my gosh, this was what McDonald's was like in the 60s. Um, Blah, blah, blah. Fascinating. Like fascinating find. 
really interesting. And, you know, the thread went a lot of different places talking about, I mean, there's no surprise, a lot of people at Metafilter that have worked in fast food jobs. And so they kind of talked about what that would be like. And um, yeah, fascinating. I really enjoyed the whole thread. Nice. Yeah. For some reason, I remembered this earlier, and I don't remember why. Because um, I, why I, once again, this is not a good day for like segue flow. Clearly, sure. I'm, I'm, Here's I'm the thing I remembered. It. Here's the thing. There was a post about versions of Islands in the Stream. Dorothy Hawk made a post of a bunch of different versions of Islands in the Stream, um, and I think it came to my attention because I had to fix Islands in the Stream is like uh, Kenny Rogers. Wait, Kenny Rogers no. and Dolly Parton, I think, is like the classic. But also the Bee Gees did it? Uh, well, apparently a lot of people did it. Oh, okay. I, don't know. I really only know it in a meaningful way from the link I ended up fixing, which was uh, the link to, oh, who was it? Oh, yeah. Uh, Old Dirty Bastard and, uh, and oh, featuring, Pros featuring Old Dirty Bastard. Anyway, uh, Ghetto Superstar, oh. uh, which I've heard sampled and stuff. Um so, like, I've always known Islands of the Stream exists, but I think I've only ever seen, like, or heard tiny snippets of jokes about karaoke about it or something. Yeah, um, it is one of those, so like, I, terrible karaoke songs. Yeah, so I really only know that chorus, and boy, have I had it stuck in my head. And I guess the fact that I saw this post in my recent activity and uh, it got stuck in my head immediately again means I just need to inflict it on other people. So there you go. I genuinely enjoy weird covers of stuff. Like, I think it's it's one of the more likely things I'm going to bring up at random on a episode of the podcast. Um, it's just tricky when it's an earworm of a song. <laughs> sure. Like, because, like, I'm going to, I don't know, I usually end up sort of liking the song more if I expose myself to a bunch of weird covers on it because it, like, makes it less of a monolithic right. earworm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, there you go, everybody. I'm not sure why, but I'm sharing that. Love it. Love it. I, I like the post. I like that the post exists. It I appreciate you, post. Dorothy Hawk. I just don't like the song. Oh, you don't um, like the song? Not particularly. Well, because of that decontextualized earwormy nature. Like, it's it's a perfectly fine song if I try and look at it, like, yeah. objectively. But, but yeah, it just doesn't push buttons for you. Yeah. Float your boat. Or push whatever. the wrong ones. Yes. Um, well, speaking of songs you might <laughs> like better, uh, Lork made this post. And this was one of those like, ah, I just got back from, you know, Thanksgiving. It was nice. I've been in the car for a while. There's snow outside. I got a bunch of exercise. I haven't really sat down and hang out in front of the computer for a while. And Lork made this post about Six, which is a musical about Henry VIII's wives, which I guess is like a big sensation. And I knew nothing about it. So it's like one of my favorite things, right, where I learn more about something that means something to people in pop culture through a Metafilter post. But basically, it's a musical about Henry VIII's wives. And then a whole bunch of people uh, who do like um, animation, you know, like people who do animations to like, you know, popular songs or whatever. Uh, Lorik links to good animated versions of all of these songs. So you can, the songs are like, you know, the wives singing about like their various deals. And um, and then Lorik links to some other stuff as well as information on Six the Musical. And um, it was like one of those interesting slow burn posts, you know, like it was up for a long time before anybody responded at all, practically. Like it was me and game designer Ben and um but then like just over the 
over the week, more people kind of came in and were like, oh, interesting, this and that. Oh, something, something, something. Oh, I, nice. you know, here's some stuff. And the songs themselves are catchy and interesting. The animation is really good. And uh, I learned something about this musical, which is not just like it's from the UK, but like, you know, there's a Broadway version, I think. Um, there's a uh, Australian version. There's a one of those YouTube versions where everybody at home who are actually in the musicals chimes in. Very neat. Ah, Very neat. The whole thing was cool. Nice. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Catchy music. I do enjoy a slow accretion of comments. In yeah. The, in a thread. It's like, it feels cozy. Yeah. Well, because it's all people who found the thing and were like, oh, I like the thing, kind of. Yeah. Um, Do you have more well, filter I, things? I, I, have I, have, I, have, I have I have one more thing to mention, uh, more more for the sake of other people interested than me, because I'm sort of on the outside of it. But uh, there was a post about the passing of Stephen Sondheim at 91, uh, hugely storied Broadway composer. And uh, yeah, if you want a thread about it, that exists. Yeah, I have to admit, like... I'm very theater person adjacent, but I am not a theater person. And I guess yeah. I hadn't realized. I knew Sondheim was a treasure, but I didn't really know that much about him. And so it's actually been neat to get to learn more about some of the specific things about him besides just his body of work. Yeah. You know, he, he apparently was, a, was a, a gracious correspondent. Like, there's a lot of people, you know, on Twitter yeah. and places that had, like, letters that Sondheim wrote them, like, being encouraging or or whatever and uh yeah yeah well um but yeah what else have you got and then we'll move on to the old green belladonna wrote this really interesting post which was a single links vox thing about you know how hard it is to set fees for your work if you're a gig worker independent contractor freelancer or whatever and and what goes into that and again like the article itself was really interesting but then the thread was really interesting for a lot of people talking about how you think through how to charge for your work and brad user brad bain is in there a lot talking about he does sort of you know consulty kind of stuff talking about how how he does that i talk a little bit about the work i did scalzi shows up talking about you know back when he did hourly work what that should be other people talk about like well it's fine if you're in demand but what if you're not in demand blah 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 blah. Yeah. so you know it wound up being a very interesting chatty thread about money uh that i enjoyed kind of sparked from just this one you know article on box.com yeah no that's that I, i'm gonna toss out of my activity to read later that sounds like a yeah. good read um, I think because like yeah, it. it is a weird, complicated topic. Like I, I have thought about that mostly in terms of like uh, art stuff, where it's also like a weird, comp- like like you, the the reaction I most often have when I'm like buying someone's art at like a you know f- uh, art market or something like that, like a little like a farmer's market for art, you know, not like not like an art market, but yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. people a craft fair. That that sort of territory. It's like I enjoy buying stuff from people, and also like half the time I'm like, you should really you should charge more for this. But I also know it's not as simple as like, 
you should charge more for this and then make more money so much as you should charge more for this and then you'd be getting what it's worth and also you wouldn't be because people won't buy it because you're charging too much like it is fucking with a lot of craft stuff as i'm sure you know like you know it's very hard to recoup the time and effort you put into kind of like one-off things like my cousin who's like the fancy la-di-da woodworker talks about this like you know somebody will ask I think this is like apocryphal story about generic woodworker, but you know, someone will ask how much it costs to make a chair and you quote one price and then they say, how much will it cost to, to make four chairs? And they quote a price that's like 80 times higher because making one chair can be fun, but then having to make like three extra chairs is just drudgery or it can be. Um, and, you know, I think that's true for, for a lot of people. Like, you have to kind of do things at scale in many cases to make money off it, especially when you're getting started. But that's not the fun part of making art in in many cases. Yeah. Uh, I want to give kind of a big, you know, achievement award for the month uh, with this specific example to Brain Wayne, who has been doing this great set of posts – pretty much daily as near as I can tell that are all posts that have a jumping off point of a piece of short fiction. But then each post goes in some different direction using that piece of fiction as a jumping off point. And so the one I really liked was from a couple days ago, uh, which is uh, John Holbo, who's a writer who I vaguely know, um, doing a short story or, you know, a little essay called The Ones Who Take the Train to Omelas, uh, <laughs> based on, you know, Ursula Le Guin. And then, you know, people talking about people responding to Le Guin's story and what do you learn about it? What, you know, is it or is it not? Kind of a thought experiment. Um, fascinating. Really yeah. fascinating. Because, um, you know, I remember reading that story when I was young. And I, in fact, I have a, like a, a, a friend of mine who, you know, speaking of making art, like made an art book or a pamphlet of this story in a in a fancy binding. And it actually is so beautiful. Like it hangs on my wall kind of where I do my work because I think it's a thing that's worth thinking about all the time. Like what value does your work have when there's still suffering in the world? How can you reconcile that? What do you need to be thinking about as you, as you go through your life? And uh, so I just want to, you know, Thank Brain Wayne for a series of fascinating posts in general, and uh, this post in specific I thought was yeah. Thought I've was been very seeing good. these goes by. It's been it's been uh, nice to see them. There's actually one from maybe just this morning, maybe it's last night. I don't remember where the date stamp is. Anyway, uh, yes, talking about uh, the use of second person POV writing uh, by marginalized writers uh, that I have on my tally to go read. Oh, uh, fascinating! Thinking about that a little bit. Uh, just by chance, uh, based on some reading recently. And it reminds me uh, partly of like how effectively it was done in uh, the first book of the Broken Earth trilogy from N.K. Jemisin. Oh, interesting. Um, I remember sec- like reading my first second person novel, I think it was like Jay McInerney, during the sort of weird coke-fueled short story and book stuff that we tended to get in the end of the 80s. <laughs> and it was it was such a weird effect because I hadn't really read it uh, in a while. And, of course, found McInerney completely unrelatable in a whole bunch of ways. <laughs> so I'd be really interested in uh, learning a little bit more about, about this. It sounds, it sounds uh, like a great post. Yeah. 
So yeah, that is it for me from Metafilter. I made a couple more posts that I liked. Uh, I don't know if Jim made more posts this month, but that was the one I enjoyed the most. Well, let's do uh, let's do Ask Metafilter. Great. So much good stuff in uh, Ask Metafilter. Uh, obviously, it's uh, what Dancing Santa season is it? Is it Dancing Santa season yet? Um, I think uh, tomorrow. I think. Nope, nope. They're up. Santa they're up. Season. Are they? Okay. Good, Yee, good. Dancing Santa season, which means we have a lot of questions about gifts. Um, and uh, I uh, enjoyed the kind of thoughtfulness. Besides, uh, southeasty, south. Southeast, oh, Southeast yet again. Southeasty et again. <laughs> uh, southeast yet again, uh, whose son is engaged, going to marry a woman next fall, but this is a Christmas they're going to spend together. I want to think about how to give her a gift that welcomes her to the family, but I don't know her super well, you know, and she's not taking the family last name, so a family monogram would not be the thing. What would be the thing? And it's interesting looking at sort of different people's take on that because, of course, you know, people have lots of different ideas about what would be appreciated, what wouldn't be appreciated, you know, something fancy, something cozy, something to wear around the house. If everyone gets pajamas, she gets pajamas, that kind of thing. But I just sure. I just like the, the sort of care and attention because this is one of those things where I just throw out my hands and I'm like, bah! you know. This is why I don't like gift giving. My sister and I made a plan, no gift giving this year, because I just, we just can't. Um, you know, occasionally we do like little gifty stuff, and this year, bah, neither of us really want to deal with it. So Jim's birthday is this weekend. We're going to do Jim's-mas. You know, Jim is going to get <laughs> presents for his birthday, and that's probably the last presenty thing I'm going to deal with, and I'm fine with that. Um, that works. You know, some years we do it, some years we don't. Uh, but I, I liked reading along with this thread. I like the idea of uh, conscious, thoughtful gift giving, even when I do not engage in it. So, yes. Yeah. Um, there is a question I saw Boncliff. Uh, <laughs> speaking of, I know game. what question this is. Um, and it's it's a good one, and it's it's also on my. I will read this later. Uh, but it's where did the rock and roll ending come from? Which is immediately a very good question. And like I saw it on Twitter without context. It's like, oh, I know what he's asking about. He's asking about like when like you get to the end of the song, and then like and the whole band sort of like goes into a weird. But yeah, yeah. Who invented that? Jim asks, and boy, I'm kind of curious about the story there. So I see one. Uh, see a couple of long best answered uh, comments and a few answers trash so far. Trash so can that's a good ending sign. appears to be what a lot of people trash can and train Interesting. ending. Yeah, I don't think I've heard trash can. I, maybe I've heard like I. I feel like I didn't have a name for it. Are you uh, da- so doubting monkey toes? I would. No, not. no, 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 I no, no. I, I peril, Josh. No, no, no. I, I'm not <laughs> doubting that. That's that. Those both sound like very good answers. Um, I, I'm realizing as someone who was only ever in one band that really did those. Uh, I don't think that we had a name for them. Yeah. Um, and I'm realizing I just, I didn't have any vocabulary for it. So this is very useful. Right. right. Um, so yes, Rock I like that. Ending. You're on the air. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, that was fun. And uh, you know, I, I had no input, so I just enjoyed reading along to kind of, yeah, figure it out. I thought this question was funny. Um, because I'd never thought about it before, but it was good to think about. This is Trevor Case. Uh, I've got wood glue, super glue, super 77 glue sticks. Is there something I could glue with a glue gun that I can't glue with 
glue? Why are they here? That's an interesting question. Yeah. And like there's my, a whole my bunch first of thought really- is like, it's just like, it sets up real fast. It sets up fast. It's good for stuff that are like weird shapes faster than epoxy. It fills space kind of way well. Adam Savage, of course, Cake points out, has a good video about why he uses it. And this is a long thread. You can glue paraffin wax to paraffin wax. I don't even know. Um, I have a hot glue gun somewhere, and I'll be honest, I have never used it. But I, I feel like at some day... You know, that day will come and yeah. I'll be so happy that I have it. Yeah. No, yeah, I th- I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we have one around somewhere, but I don't know what Angela has used it for recently. I grew up with them. Like, my like my mom did, like, crafty stuff a lot when yeah, I was yeah, a yeah. kid. Um, um, like, like, very, I, I would say the traditional Joanne Fabrics Etsy sort of, like, realm of crafty things. Um if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, and like a glue gun was definitely in use like on a regular basis along with various other kinds of glue. Um, so it was always sort of around in my childhood. But it's, it's interesting because like it actually seems like a very sort of like, it seems like something I would use for shit really except for I don't have anything that I would use a glue gun for. And so like, like I glue gun with a soldering iron when I'm doing stained glass. It's kind of the same situation. Right, right, right. But like you can't this, do stained glass melting, with glue quick gun. Setting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you maybe could, but uh, yeah, it seems like a real disaster. Well, and I think there's a lot of people, you know, perhaps like your mom, who they don't have six other kinds of glue. They've got a glue gun. So yeah. it does all the things, you know. But I, I, I yeah, I mostly associate with that, like, that sort of like free form working fast thing. Like you can, you can put two things together. You can put something onto something and you can do it like quick on the fly while you're sort of improvising. Right. It's not um, like epoxy where it has to harden or a whole bunch of other yeah. stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't know this. I learned some stuff. I appreciated it. Yeah. I will also read this thread. I've got like my afternoon reading is getting slotted up here. Fan-freaking-tastic. Thanks, podcast. Well. Thanks me and Then you. you're thanks definitely us. going to enjoy uh, reading about Andre, Andre Agassi learning to watch for Boris Becker's tongue in tennis. Excuse me? <laughs> this is basically is, Umber Was Vowell. this a tell? Yeah, Umber Vowell asking about (laughs) reading a tennis article who decoded his opponent's body language to figure out the serve so so that they could figure out the tricky serve. And Agent Rocket (laughs) got it in four minutes. Nice. And um, also, uh, Melis Mata points out that Agassi's autobiography is actually really good. And then people huh. talk a little bit about David Foster Wallace, and here's some other. Brain Wayne has another article. Uh, so it's a nice uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Nah. <laughs> nah. But also probably talked about it. Uh, yeah, neat little thread. Tiny thread. Asked and answered. Uh, Perfect. But yeah, Boris Becker, Andre Agassi. Back when tennis was huge. A unicorn chaser asked uh, the other day, as a callback to our calendrical discussion at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. You like that? Calendrical? That felt pretty good. Felt pretentious. Yeah, um, super anyway. pretentious. Probably not even <laughs> a word. That's one of the weird things about listening to the Kevin oh, it's, Hart it's podcast. He makes up words. Like, big words. He doesn't make them up, but he, like, mashes together, like, two words sure. to make new words. And because he talks so fast and because he's, generally speaking, so smart, nobody's ever like, what? That's not a word. But it is hey, funny, like, listening to it and being like... 
totally not a word. If, if you're understood, then it, it works, right? You know, I mean, that's, that's one of the beautiful things about language is like all of the words we do have just were derived through usage and, you know, combination and interchangeing. So, you know, if you can invent a one-off word that clearly communicates its meaning, hey, that's a fucking word. It's just not a well-attested one. I very much it's apologize a, for telling you calendrical was not a word because as you it, of course know, I am wrong. It is, it, is, it is totally a word. I mean, it sounds like it could be a fucking made-up word. I just, uh, at some point... Well, because it, it sounds like cylindrical. It sounds like you yeah. took a different route and made a word in that way. Yeah. Oh, yes, plus, I plus, love this thread. When, when do you get to say cylindrical? Like, how often are you talking about things that have the nature of being like a calendar? I'm mostly talking, talking, about talking about clocks, about to tell you, know? you the truth, so... Yeah. Uh, right, never. Yes. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. How you do you manage your time? I don't. Chaser. Unicorn Chaser posted Josh, a you run thing. a business. Stop saying that out loud. Uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, how do you manage your time? Which basically saying, hey, you know, I mean, it's a straightforward concept, but like it's a it's a thread full of people talking about that stuff. And like one of the things I've discovered, like, you know, I, I joke about not managing my time. Like I manage my time. I wish I managed my time better or more consistently at times, but like everybody figures out some things that work for them. Yeah. But this is a thing I come back to every time there's a sort of like, how do you do process X stuff, method questions and ask me, I like them because like everybody always has this different subset and, you kind of get used to what works for you and you run with it and you forget about the rest of that possibility space to some yeah. extent until you actually go and stop and think and listen to what other people are saying about like their different well, ways. Well, and, and for like, people who have plans and for whom this is a, a thing that they are mindful about, often they're very good at explaining it. Like there are some epic posts in this thread. There's one from Janet Silver. There's one from I Am Kim I Am. There's one from KTKT um, that are long talking about here's how I do it here's how I think about it here are the questions you have to nouvelle person um and and I love reading it because I'm productivity geek is kind of wrong because I'm not trying to like do more better faster but I do like to do things efficiently for me I love it like I love it like when I get to do a walk and I hit like the five places I need to do errands and the whole thing takes less than an hour like yeah. I feel smart and I like feeling that way you know and it's just about me like it's got nothing to do with anything else it's not comparing myself to other people I'm just like way to go you now have more time to yeah. drink coffee eat candy and read the newspaper you know what I mean like it's all about freeing up that time for something like I wouldn't enjoy it if it was a job you know, when I was being super efficient at the job, because then you just get more work, right? But like, you know, getting nominally loafing time back is uh, feels like some sort of accomplishment. It feels like you stole yeah. something in a way that's exciting in a weird way. Um, and so I love these threads because, you know, I've got my process. But it's interesting hearing what other people's processes are, because maybe I can learn a thing or maybe my life changed and I haven't worked the process into how I live now that I used to. Like one of the things my sister and I were talking about is, you know, we feel like the fog is lifting from our lives a little bit. We're not in constant pandemic crisis mode. Not that there's not still a pandemic, but, you know, we can see a couple people in a safe way, which really makes a difference. And so we feel like we've gotten some psychic space back in our brain and both of us yeah. are like cooking more. You know, we're cleaning our house more. Like, I spent, like, a couple hours this weekend just filing. 
you know, but it was like this pile of papers that I had to fucking deal with and grump, grump, grump. And I just didn't have the psychic space for it for a year. Yeah. And I got to do filing, which for me was something that really felt good. And it's fine if it doesn't feel good to you or if you hate it or like whatever the problem is. But it was great for me. And so reading how other people are doing it, especially when I think some people are feeling, you know, their children are getting vaccinated. Maybe they've got a little bit more in the way of options. Like, don't get me wrong. Oh, Micron's a fucking kick in the teeth. But like, it is really interesting to see how people manage this. And of course, you know, the other part of it is... um uh, the other part of it is something I have forgotten that I'm sure will come back. <laughs> oh, it, it applies to my work life sometimes. Like when I work with people who are like, I need to figure out how to organize my files on my computer. And it's tricky because simultaneously the solution is the one you're likely to use, right? Yep. Which means it's got to be as close as possible to what you're already doing. But also, you know, some people just kind of aren't organized. You know, their minds just aren't super organized. And so sometimes, which, again, it's fine. Like, there's lots of different kinds of people in the world. I say that with no judgment. But for those people, anything, like, nothing's going to specifically stick within what they already do. So you literally do have to prescribe something externally to be like, well, you just need to do this because you're not going to be able to modify what you're doing now to something else. And it's hard because, you know, having that conversation with people and being able to sort of explain how they can deal with their email when they've got 15,000 unread messages. uh, You know, that's a tricky conversation. We talk about sort of community engagement and how to talk about that. Like, you know, it's not the doctor telling you you've got some bad health problem, but it is kind of like, well, like, <laughs> there's no magic bullet or whatever. Yeah. What do people say? Magic. Do they say uh, silver magic bullet? bullet? Silver, silver bullet. bullet. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's no, there's no special. You can't wave a magic wand. And there's no one answer, right? It's not, there's not one way to clean your bathroom. There's the way that's going to work for you to get the bathroom clean and adapting whatever you're doing now to that involves engaging with whatever you actually need. And it's the same with technology, right? But that's a hard thing for people to hear, I think, because they just want someone to give them a list. And there are, you know, websites like Fly Lady or whatever that can help people follow a a script if that's what they need. But for technology, significantly sort of less simple in that it's, way. It's tricky because like, you know, there might be a tool that'll work for you, but the only way you're going to find out is by using it and it working. And it's because everybody's different, because everybody has like different specific things that work for them and things that don't work for them and things that they're kind of allergic to. Like yeah. the process of finding that tool is complicated. There's no roadmap to what's going to work for you. Yeah, um, and oh my God, does that bother people sometimes. Also, I think Magic Bullet is the JFK assassination uh, conspiracy theory mm. thing. I think that's what the Magic Bullet is. Mm. So, yeah, probably probably, <laughs> probably not the best Yeah, all right, this. I'll move on. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how well, uh, I mean, I kind of knew what you meant though. Like, yeah. At the same time. I think I, I was much more likely to think, oh, 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 like Silver Bullet than, oh, JFK's assassination, huh? So... I don't want to like oversell the the problem. There. No, I know what you're saying. 
So there's a picture of my filing, which, oh my God, between that and organizing my stamp collection, I have really been (laughs) just a happy person getting weird little pockets of not organized into bigger, you know, organized things. It's really been enjoyable for me. Not, Not everybody's thing, but definitely my thing. Nice. Um, it is. I, I have a hard time wanting to organize stuff, but it is satisfying when I do. Well, for me, it's like just finding the time where I don't have other things that are higher priority, you know, and I'm just getting into the doldrums of winter where, you know, I've done most of my public speaking stuff that I was going to do this season. I'm certainly not traveling for work. The holidays are a little bit more mellow this year because like, you know, often like going down for somewhere for Thanksgiving and then going back down again for Jim's birthday a week later seems like a lot. But when I was going yeah. down every weekend for two and a half months, like it just doesn't seem like much right now. Plus, I'm getting my snow tires on on Friday. Congratulations. Thank you. Very exciting. I like to I like to time it as close as I can to, you know, when I need to. I missed it a little bit this year, but not not terrible. I, I had I, I had to blink for a second because, like, it's not a thing we do here. Yeah. Like, and I was like, oh, right, right. That's it's not a even a thing like- I did in Massachusetts. Like, it's just the northern climbs where you're likely to have roads that you're going to travel down. I mean, I'm almost not sure I need to because I'm just not going anywhere still. But, you know, if I go back and forth to Massachusetts uh, more and we get more weather, having better tires, better yeah. better situation. Yeah. Drive safe. Uh, thank you. Um Shifting gears, uh, I very much enjoyed uh, Frowner's question. Hey, I just found out that Eddie Grant's classic sing-along, Electric Avenue, is actually about the Brixton riots. What other popular songs are not not protest songs that you know about, but are actually protest songs? Huh. Um, and it turns out there's a lot of them. I keep forgetting that Pumped Up Kicks is in this category. Um but like Bruce Hornsby, uh, Chumbawamba's Tub Thumping had a lot going on in it. Uh, Hard Rain's Gonna Fall. I mean, some of these are ones you might have known if you're kind of plugged in. Uh, Nantucket talks about how many gospel songs, spirituals were kind of resistance songs. White Riot by The Clash, Banana Boat, Day-O by Harry Belafonte, etc., etc., etc. Great thread, good music. Uh, Learn stuff. Yeah, Safe, like a real safety uh, dance. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine the the Ken Burns documentary that has all of these on the playlist. <laughs> right, uh, a history of pop music protest, protest pop music. Yes, <laughs> very funny. Like a hard rain's gonna fall, lapsing into Electric Avenue. Yes, and just make it work narratively. Yes. Um, do you have any other big hitters for Ask Me? Uh, I have a bunch probably... of little hitters, so I'll just right. toss them in, in a row. Um, hey, who made this Geiger detector from Waltham, Massachusetts? What the hell? Um, I don't know who this company is, but help me figure it out. And a whole bunch of people fairly quickly um, figured it out, which was um, kind of interesting. Beagle, Eat Cake, and Perplexity, as well as uh, M. Hoy, helped Zen Master this figure out what these detectors were. Nice. Uh, Osranith wants to do a little bit more traveling and is looking for reliable carbon offset programs, which uh, turns into a pretty interesting conversation about the whole idea of um, carbon offsets and how you do it and whether it matters. But people are nice and respectful about it, so I appreciated it. Um, 
Neilio Harris getting married. Very cool. And is looking for uh, classic rock songs to walk down the aisle to. Uh, they want wedding ceremony music. Second wedding for both of them. Traditional ceremony and they want to have some fun music. They're big deadheads. Uh, they are looking for this, that, or the other song. Here's some of the songs that they're using. Do you have some suggestions um, for other songs? And uh, nice. people do. Great list-generating song. And the last list-generating list I have is oh, by... Neely O'Hara. What? Oh, I was just saying congrats, Neely O'Hara. Yeah, congrats. Mazatov. Very nice. And uh, this was a post by Everybody Had Matching Towels. Loving to read... <laughs> I know. It's every great, time, every time. I love it's it. It's a great it's so good. username. It, it's such a good username. Uh, and I was actually, I heard like uh, Private Idaho came on the radio today when I was listening. I was like, fuck, why don't I listen to the B-52s intentionally as much as I should? Ah! And so everybody had matching towels, really enjoys reading about the intricate logistics of things I never thought about. And um, hey, articles or books about interesting stuff. And it just occurred to me as I am reading this that I have a perfect answer to this about the history of getting water to New York City, which I loved, and I don't know if anybody has mentioned it. Oh, nice. Get in there. Yeah, yeah. No, this, is a, this is another keeper. This I'm going to get up on in there, but um, great thread. Nice stuff. <laughs> get to, up in those guts. <laughs> yeah, it's not, that's not right as either, is it? Oh, my God. What? No, no, you're, you're fine. I'm just being oh, okay. terrible, I think. I, I thought maybe um, it was another bad metaphor that you were like, no, you, don't, no, no. you don't mean that. I think, I think I then introduced the bad metaphor because my brain is like that today. What was it? Get today. up in those guts? Yes. That's good. I think, I think that's, that's a sort good of a title. sex thing. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's a good title. I think it's a great... Okay, maybe it's not. Okay. Well, no, I don't know. But maybe it means uh, something terrible. <laughs> I think... Well, that's the thing. I think it's sort of a, I think it's sort of a sex thing. Sort of like a sex thing? Like a goofy thing. one, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, that's uh, um, it for me from Ask Metafilter. I believe I didn't ask any more questions, and I just need to continually thank people who gave me podcasts on the 30th of October. I have listened to none of them yet, but I am really continuing. I'm going to – I just got the email from you, Josh, that was like, hey, how'd that go? Final answer? <laughs> no. I need more time. I need more time. But uh, I continue to appreciate uh, people telling me good things they think i would like excellent um i'll toss out a couple meta talk things great um there was uh brainway noted a a study that uh, i participated while metafilter participated and i did the typing um about sort of how public trust and safety stuff is handled in online or not handled yeah 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 Yeah. it's 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 like like it's it's an interesting read and like there's not a ton of metafilter content in that we were just one of several participants and it was kind of more about larger scale stuff sure. versus like the size we are but it was interesting to it was interesting to read through an answer and uh and uh it was interesting to see the contrasting kind of stuff coming out of the other organizers involved so um thanks thanks brainway for noting that um there was uh, Obit for Speedlime passed away. Ah, uh, sucks. Um, yes, she was another treasure, another redheaded treasure. We lost way too soon. Yeah, uh, there's a after us just getting bogged down by a million things. There is a new newsletter out, and we've got another one uh, in the works. So we're getting back to that and getting getting that rolling along some more. Good. Um. 
and I don't know, a bunch of other stuff. Thank you. Uh, Thank guess. you, Thread, for the gift swap, which is always super fun. I like, you know, yes, seeing what yes. people I did I decided after all of this to not participate this year. Um just thought yeah. Too much for me. But I yeah. I enjoy kind of seeing what uh people do, what people I'm participating in the, you know, card the the, the monthly card swap, which I always appreciate, um, because it's just another way to get rid of some stamps. And uh Oh, and uh, Glenn is continuing to work on making the Mephi uh, art and maker stuff happen. Yeah, yeah, uh, so yeah. That you, seemed really you, like a really yeah. neat project. Yeah, there's people posting about stuff they're working on. It's nice. Um, I still need to get around to actually showing up, but ah. uh, I'm glad it's happening. I'll get there eventually. I'll get there but eventually. Nice. Wasn't it's that nice the name of one of our podcasts? Before? Probably, probably. <laughs> we, could do, we could call this I'll Get There Eventually to Electric I'm Google. still going to get there um, eventually. I think yes. maybe the electric boogaloo thing is over. It kind of feels like I am, it's I am like, here to tell you. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, well, RIP old friend. Um, <laughs> that's it. I think that's a podcast. Let's get you uh, your humidifier back on so you don't... Ah, uh, I'm a raisin. Really, I'm a raisin already. Yeah. I got to put on a shirt so that I look like I get dressed for when I uh, Zoom and meet, meet Jim's therapist to say hello. Yeah. All right. Well, good podcast. Yeah. Good to talk to you. Glad, uh, yeah. you know, everything worked. And I think all the technology worked first time, except for me not turning on the stupid switch and answering, yeah, was, answering that, a phone call during this. But, yeah, uh, well, but I, I remember to leave a note for myself to edit it out, hey, which hey, maybe hey. I'll remember to read and actually do when it happens. We'll see. And even um, if you don't, it's, God, it's not the worst yeah, thing. Yeah, it was short. I, I was listening to it at the time thinking, well, you know what? If I didn't, eh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I didn't. Sounded <laughs> yeah, a little too much like nah. if I did it. And I was like, meh. If if I didn't it. If I didn't um, it. We should stop. Uh, it's been yeah, nice talking to you as well. Euphonium? What's the thing you're going to do the music with? You'll, you, euphonium. Nice. And uh, yes, we'll see. We'll see what people will have had heard already. All right. Talk to you next year. If not, if I talk to you next year first. All right. Okay, I'm stopping. <laughs>